want to welcome everyone to a special conversation with Minority Report podcast live with Digiday with Eric and Carell. We're joined today with our special guests, Elise James DeCruz, who's the Chief Equity Officer at Ad Council, and Jasmine Brown, Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Ad Council as well. Today, we're going to be talking about the state of DEI in advertising and marketing. Elise, welcome. Give us a little bit of background on uh, what's going on at the Ad Council today. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us and creating the space for this really important conversation. I joined the Ad Council in April of this year and couldn't be more excited to support the work that the Ad Council is doing. For those of you that are not familiar with the Ad Council, the Ad Council is really where creativity and causes converge. We use the power of communications to tackle the most pressing issues facing our country. We bring together the brightest minds in media, tech, advertising, entertainment, and marketing to develop really thoughtful campaigns that inspire action and change lives. And I'm really humbled and honored to be a part of this organization to continue to advance the full body of work and align it really closely with the work around diversity, equity, and inclusion to advance it within the workforce, workplace, marketplace, and community. So thank you so much for having us and creating this space. Awesome. Well, and, and thank you for joining us. And, you know, Elise and Jasmine, I, I definitely want to get your perspective on the current state of diversity, equity, and inclusion within advertising and marketing. I think as, as we've talked about many times, the unfortunate events over the last 12 months, I think has really catapulted the, the conversations within companies around diversity, equity, and inclusion. But unfortunately, in my eyes, there's just been way too much talk and not enough action. And even if you look at the recent ANA report from late last year, talks about only 12% of CMOs or equivalents are diverse, and that hasn't changed. And also, if you talk about intersectionality, ANA female CMOs and equivalents are overwhelmingly Caucasian and not enough, you know, sort of diversity as well there. And so really wanted to set the stage here and, and get your thoughts. And at least maybe we'll start with you first. And then Jasmine would love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and thank you for, for setting the stage. The ANA has, has done a solid work to elevate not only the conversation, but the research that I think is, is required to advance the work. And you're right, Carol, you know, numbers don't lie. And, you know, we, we look at the data year after year and the level of, of movement is pretty disturbing and, and sad considering that there is enough talent out there that identify as black and brown and underrepresented. I think the industry as a whole underestimates the amount of resources, both financial resources, human capital that is required of each of us to really be thoughtful and intentional about not only elevating the conversation, but taking action. And being in the space for, you know, over 15 years, it's like, I shouldn't be surprised by, you know, by the lack of movement within this space. But I, I just think that we have an obligation, not only, you know, to ourselves, but to the industry as a whole, to really be thoughtful about how we're going to advance advance this work and get outside of our comfort zones a little bit more, expand our networks a little bit more because the talent is out there. 
Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about like the collective we about like the pipeline issue where you know where the black people there's a whole conference around that a couple of a couple of years ago, as well as underrepresented groups. But I, I just think it's it's really a lack of awareness and a lack of confidence for some to have those conversations with people who might not look like them or might not have gone to the same school as they have. And that's what I'm referring to. Like we're talking about like getting outside of our comfort zone. Like, yeah. you know, you really have to be a little bit more, so like a little bit more bold and, and courageous and step out there mm-hmm. uh, or that you're finding the talent. And once you find the talent, make sure that you have a culture that is inclusive to keep them and develop them into leadership roles within your organization. So, you know, like having that access to experiences and people that are going to help underrepresented groups thrive within the space and find their voice within the space. Gotcha. Gotcha. Jasmine, I'd love for you to hear your thoughts and, and to add to what Elise is saying here. Yeah. I mean, a really good point, I think, is the intention piece. I mean, we we haven't seen enough of it, but we've seen some of it. And it's been really nice to see some people lead by example. It's something that just comes to mind is like Alexis on net and like, you know, stepping off of board of directors or, you know, taking, stepping off of your seat as whether it's CMO or CEO or you know, whatever that looks like. I think board of directors is more building through. Um, but you know, just being very intentional. I think pipeline is one thing, but also when you have bottlenecking at times, that means sometimes people have to actually go or take a step back and create space for other people while also working on the pipeline. And those two things kind of have have to happen in parallel. I think to get results that you've never had before, you kind of have to do the unexpected or the hard things that you've never done before to change culture. And so I think that intentional piece is is a really big part of it. Something else that Elise said is expanding networks. And like, you know, a good example of that is like, take a look at who you follow on social media. You know, all of us, we probably follow our friends and family on social media, but we probably also follow celebrities or influencers who look like us or reflect the lifestyle that we want to have. And typically it's because we feel like we have something in common with them. And I feel like it really takes a lot if you are a leader, you know, in advertising, especially to make sure that you are following, you know, people that not only look like you or have your lived experience, you know, making sure that you are looking at talent of all of all sorts, um, even if it's not reflective of your experience to make sure you have diversity of thought and such. So I think those are two really good points is, you know, just to expand what Elise said, just the intention and expanding networks. Thank you very much for that. You know, the two of you as Black women have made a great career in advertising and marketing. You mentioned lived experiences. Tell us about what progress looks like for women so far? Yeah, I think progress is taking small steps every day towards the results that you want to see and the world that you see yourself in and the hope that you have for others behind you that are looking for space and building the confidence to take up space within our industry. Hmm. I think 
oftentimes when we're looking at like the utopia, the future of, I just think we, we overthink it. You know, I, I think the small steps, you make progress with small steps. And I want to see a world and an industry that is reflective of the consumers that we serve and the communities that we connect with every day through products or services or experiences. And that should include obviously women, but it should include everyone. And I think as an industry, we need to put more behind multicultural marketing efforts and not have it as a separate silo and or line item on the plan. Mm -hmm. Multicultural marketing is the plan, you know, Mm -hmm. the future as far as I'm concerned. And as, you know, as a woman and as a, as a Black woman, I want to make sure that the experiences and products and, and services reflect my experiences. Mm-hmm. And within the workplace, I want to make sure that there are more individuals that look like me. Doesn't mean that they necessarily have to have the same story as me, right? Because, you know, we have many intersections. Yeah. And everyone has their own story and their own truth. But I want to see the industry be reflective of, of the world, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and within the advertising space, like we have not only an opportunity, but an obligation. And I think we need to spend more time thinking through what that looks like and the level of commitment and cash that's required <laughs> to make that happen. But I also recognize it's going to take time, right? And it is a journey. Like when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, we talk about the journey that we're all on, both personally and professionally. Sure, yeah. And we have to ensure that we extend ourselves enough grace and we extend others enough grace to walk this journey together so that we can accomplish these goals around DEI. Great. Jasmine, but please share with us your, your perspectives as, uh, as well. Yeah, I think and the industry is one thing. Ad Council, like it's interesting because Ad Council as a company, we actually lean very heavily women. And I think that's the case for a lot of nonprofits mm-hmm. as well. So the industry in which we're working in, we're not so reflective of, but in a way that's almost progressive. So Ad Council leans very heavily women. And it's been, you know, the only company that I've ever worked at that is that way. But looking at the rest of the advertising industry and knowing that that's not the case, I recognize that Ad Council is in a unique situation. And I, I think it's really just a matter of, you know, women are very multifaceted, dynamic beings in all that we carry. And there's gold in that. Like, I think, you know, to be seen as an asset with everything that we carry and how dynamic we are, I think is just really important. And, you know, I think for so long, like when I think of like the, like the movie industry and like in film and like, as the timeline continues and you see women represented in like movies in the workplace, they're like these badass women, but they kind of have to act like men or they have to have a hard exterior. And I feel like 
progress in the future just looks like women showing up however they are and not trying to be like a man or be a caricature of what they think they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so the young girls and the high schoolers and the college students right now, just knowing that like they should show up in their own power and in their own truth and whatever that looks like, especially from the intersectionality perspective, you know, making sure, you know, on the spectrum of women who, as you go down the line, might be more underrepresented than others, women supporting those women and it just being a chain reaction of support and recognizing that in this workplace, there, you know, is unfortunately some oppression of women and not only men, you know, supporting women, but women supporting women and women supporting women showing up as they are. So yeah, I think that's what progress looks like to me. Great. Awesome. Thanks for that. Thank you for that. Elise, I want to ask you first about the role that marketers can play within an organization as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because I'm a, I'm a big believer in that DEI efforts shouldn't just be the job of HR or shouldn't just be the job of the DEI leaders, right? It should be the whole organization. But I think Marketers sit in a very unique position because they are the champions of the brand, the champions of the product, right? And so I'm curious to get your thoughts on as companies try to get better at their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, what role does the marketer play in that? I agree with everything that you said. (laughs) It, It really resonates with me. You know, throughout my career, my title wasn't, it didn't start with, Chief Diversity Inclusion Officer, a Chief Equity Officer. And I'm a firm believer in not letting your title define your role. Mm-hmm. And it is truly everyone's responsibility, as you just described, to champion diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And I do believe that marketers have a very important role to support. DEI efforts. I think that the first item of business, if you will, is for marketers to listen. The same way that they would, or the same way that they should, start any engagement with a client in an effort to meet them where they are. And I I don't see that enough. I don't see enough marketers sitting with their truth on why this matters to them Mm. because everyone has a truth to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Everyone has a story around a moment in time when they didn't feel like they belonged, whether it's at work or at home or in social interactions. And I think marketers, you just have to do a better job of listening, sitting with, our own individual truths and taking back those learnings and creating a space, multiple spaces, multiple experiences at the micro and the macro level for people to be seen, for people to be heard so that their marketing efforts are a true reflection of a diverse audience. And if you pivot internally, There's a role that marketers can play to support the work within an organization and use some of those best practices and next practices so people internally 
feel seen and heard and champion the work. Ensure that you are embodying inclusive leadership principles. What does your team look like? Is it diverse, right? Are you modeling the behaviors that you want to cascade within the organization? And standing up for something, you know, stand up for something bigger than yourself. I mean, I'm so proud of the work that you and Eric have done around minority podcasts. Like you've been at Live Intent forever in the ad tech space, you know, like I worked at Media Math forever, over eight and a half years, you know, heading up education and DEI. Like in our space, anything over, you know, 16 months is, whoa, you know, you've been there forever, right? So, I mean, you didn't have to launch the minority podcast, uh, minority report podcast, but you cared. You were grounded. You took enough time to sit in your truth and recognize that there weren't enough voices being elevated. There weren't enough topics of substance, if you will, around this topic. And you took action. And you didn't start out by saying you're going to be, you know, the number one on the podcast, you know, Spotify podcast list or, you know, whatever. It's like, I want to do something to make a difference. You know, look where both of you are now. You know, like being featured in the Today's Programmatic Marketing Summit. Like, how cool is that? And I just think more people need to think like that. You don't have to boil the ocean. You know, start with putting a toe in the water. <laughs> go to the beach. <laughs> so, you know, I hope I didn't go off too much there. But I just think, you know, we, we, we just have to extend ourselves some grace through this process. Mm-hmm. Start with the small you know, the small steps as marketers to advance this work and sit with your why yeah. so that you can make a change both internally and externally and bring people along with you. Awesome. I really appreciate the response and to the listeners out there, we did not pay at least to give us a shout out. Jasmine, would you like to add to that, to what Elise was saying? Yeah, mine are super quick. I think like for me, two things that come like super top of mind are one, just like always being in service to the audience that you're trying to reach. I think, you know, when you have that at the forefront as marketers, you can't go wrong. And if you do go wrong, it's like, I don't know, it's it won't be as big of a mishap. It's like Elise said, like extending grace. But it's like, if you are constantly thinking through like, How is whatever marketing campaign or messaging or whatever I'm doing, how is that in service to the audience that I'm trying to reach? You're already being super mindful in the process then. You probably have representation at the table. And so I think that's like one like really simple one that I think goes a really long way. And then being bold. And I think Elise said this earlier, and I don't know if it was in this question or another one, but I can't say that enough. It's just being bold. And what I mean by that is really just making sure that you are actively focusing on getting it right versus being right. And I think there's a huge distinction there. Getting it right, in my opinion, is in service to the communities that you're trying to reach or you're in service to versus being right is really grounded in like, I don't know, it's kind of operating from a space of fear. You know, how do I make sure that I get this right? Like, how do I make sure every fact is right 
that impacts timing. And now you might be reaching an audience later, you missed the ball. Like, how do I make sure that exactly what I'm saying in this headline is correct? Well, if you're so focused on that, then you actually might be saying something that ends up being dismissive of a community that you're mm-hmm. trying to reach because you're trying to be so careful with the wording. And, you know, we see this in the headlines all the time when like news cycles or, you know, newspapers want to call something a hate crime or they don't, or they feel like they can't. I'm in New York, so that's the sirens. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the world we live in. It's the world we live in. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think we always see that in this app too. Like, you know, I think those communities, they want it to be known and you want to scream it from the rooftops. Like, this is a hate crime. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, trying to get it right and needing all the facts to make sure that it was hate crime first, sometimes you miss the ball. I'm just, you know, being in service to those audiences. So I think, you know, being bold and constantly making sure that you're in a headspace where you're in service to the communities that you're trying to reach are two things that come to the top of my mind in terms of marketers' responsibilities. Gotcha. Okay. Appreciate that. And yes, we just talked about marketers, but now I want to sort of take a look at an organization overall, right? And again, going back to what I said at the beginning, a lot of talk, but not enough action, right? And I'll start with you, Jasmine, on this question. You know, one piece of advice that you would give to an organization that go from talking about it to actually implementing and taking some action to improve their DEI efforts or to make an impact within their organization? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I think... There's so much advice to give. And honestly, I don't know if anything I'm going to say is something that people who are listening to this podcast, they haven't consumed already. So I think the budgeting aspect, like you, Mm. in order to put anything into action, you have to be very intentional about putting resources behind it. I feel like everyone who's ever worked in DEI has always said that and will continue to say it. I think that's a really big one. I also think culture is another huge one. I think Elise touched on something similar earlier, but making sure that you have a culture that's conducive of the environment that you want. And, you know, I think a lot of companies, when they think diversity initiatives, their first sort of plan of action is, well, let's diversify then and let's recruit, recruit, recruit. Let's get as many diversity, you know, heads in the door as possible. And I think it's just a huge misstep. And it's also a short-term quick fix because as quickly as that talent comes, you see the revolving door of them leaving Mm -hmm. because you don't actually have a culture that supports them and elevates them and advances them and sometimes accurately pays them, you know, uh, not to be morbid, but that's where you get into situations where it's like, microaggressions and it's like death by a thousand paper cuts and like you just push that talent out and so i think that's another really big one gotcha okay elise how about you one piece of advice for any company looking to make an impact on their dei efforts i'm sure you have you have many that's why you're pausing because <laughs> you, you're not sure which one to put out there <laughs> you know me so well <laughs> you know, I would say a broad piece of advice is is really in the form of just like a like a philosophy that I have outside of my core philosophy, which is meeting the audience, meeting the 
individual, the organization where they are. But I would say as a second to that is truth over perfection. You know, find your truth, find your why around diversity, equity, and inclusion and why it matters for the organization and more importantly for yourself so that you can find an authentic voice to carry the work in partnership with the DEI practitioner and the leader and the change agents and the champions within the organization and get started. Just take a step. It's fine. (laughs) You know, like everyone wants to wait until it's perfected. I think Jasmine, you, you touched on this too, like until it's in this perfect state. And the present or the gift is wrapped up so so tightly and neatly. But like from my perspective, like the gift is in the process. The gift is in the experience. The gift is in having a conversation with someone who couldn't find their voice a year ago and is now creating a brave and safe space for themselves to share their truth and others to share theirs. So I just think we need to get out of the notion that it has to be perfect. We have to have a list of best practices, next practices to share our truth and to share our journey. But the gift is the experience and getting out of your own way to do the work that's required. Pearl, you touched on it earlier. Actually, in the beginning, we were talking about the fact that everyone has a role to play in this work. Right. And, and I just think that we need to continue to elevate that conversation. You know, you saw in the, in the stats, the increase of CDIOs and DEI practitioners this year alone. I mean, astronomical. But you also want to look at the turnover. You also want to look at support. You also want to look at the, you know, the, the resources and so forth to sustain the work. But, you know, I I just think we we all need to extend ourselves grace and extend others grace as we navigate this journey, because we we truly all have a role to play. And, you know, my sports analogies, like this is not a sideline sport. (laughs) Like everyone needs to get in the game. (laughs) Know your role, speak your truth, and let's go. Like, you know, it's, it's time. It really is time. And appreciate the time and space that you've created for us and that Digiday has created for us to talk about these topics that are so important. The only other thing that I'll add is just, that's like very similar to what Elise was saying, was just being very down and ready to learn and to be vulnerable. I think those are like two big pieces of it too. It's just, if you're just open to learning and knowing you're not going to get it right, and you probably will offend someone and I'll probably offend someone and at least one day we'll probably offend someone. But like being able to just be ready to learn and be vulnerable and like learn through those mistakes and lead by example and learning through those mistakes is another really huge piece of it too. Because I don't think this work can be done without vulnerability. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this special session with our guests, Elise and Jasmine from the Ad Council. We talked about a lot. We talked about taking action, talked about getting started. We talked about being vulnerable is okay. We talked about budgeting, resources, being intentional, creating a culture for change. Talked about being bold and getting messaging right and standing for something. 
Thank you so much for all the insights, your lived experiences. And we also want to thank everyone who's actually not just talking about it and actually doing something every day about it. We want to thank our special friends at Digiday for creating this space to have these discussions and always being a supporter of the podcast. Thanks everyone for joining us.